Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for April 8th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF 21, on Instagram at ETOF 21 Sports, for free horse racing picks at ETOF 21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing for free fantasy football stuff. That stuff, of course, is going to ramp up as soon as fantasy football starts coming into full effect at etof 21 sports underscore fantasy how is everyone doing today wow i mean march madness is over and i'm not gonna lie it was a hell of a college basketball season finishing 55 percent against the spread plus 79.01 u roi and more importantly we hit that kansas future boys and girls we got kansas at plus 1600 all the way back in November. So it was a great season, but now we're on to NBA. Uh, Gino, Kyle, and myself will have NBA shows pretty much every day next week. So starting Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, we'll have, of course, have our one on Sunday. Whew. We're wrapping up. We got horse racing, tons of horse racing coming up. We got the Woodman World this weekend. Make sure you check out my boy Gino, who's going to be doing all these previews. Uh, Santa Anita Derby. And uh, the bluegrass, tons of stuff going on in horse racing. We got a UFC card. My boy Leo comes on. Leo and I are going to break down the UFC card. And of course, Brandon's going to come on the show today. And we're going to talk about the um, NASCAR race this weekend. I gave out the Suarez over Amarillo. My boy Brandon gave out Hamlin 12 to 1. So we're just making you guys some money. So. Hopefully, we can continue to make you guys some money. But like I said, you know, those are the three guys today. We got a great show, but we need to jump in to the gambling industry before we go into that. Now, as you guys know, I um, I used to sell picks, and it sucked. It, it, was, it, it was a nightmare. I mean, I would come on. I would sell, like, tell you guys what I bet, million and two questions, and it just got to the point where it's just too stressful. And so now I do this stuff for free. I hand stuff out for free. And I try to help you guys because I was lucky enough. I've told the story a couple of times. I've told it um, when I during the cocktail hour with Chase. Uh, when I've gone on Gino's podcast, I've told it. I was lucky enough when I was a young, a young stud where I was at a casino, a tribal casino. And um, I went, sat down on this blackjack table. And I started playing blackjack. This old guy um, kind of took me under his wings. Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You have no idea what the fuck you're doing. I had a fake ID to get in the casino. I shouldn't even have been in the casino to begin with. But I was in the casino. And he kind of just was like, dude, what are you doing here? What, like, you don't know what you're doing. And he took me under his wings. And he also bet sports. And that's been a 20-year relationship with me and this guy named Brad who took me under his wing and he taught me the stuff that he has taught me is just mind boggling to me and has helped me become successful at betting has opened up numerous other things that I'm able to do in my life because of betting. And I just have just, am here to help you guys. That's, that's what I'm doing. That's why I go on those live streams with Gino to help you guys to don't make the same mistakes I did when I was a young pup to help you guys better understand it. 
Uh, any DMs, I always respond to. I always try to get you guys to understand why am I betting something? Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because of this. There's always a method to the madness. And if you watch the live streams that we did, the Nets live streams, when I told you guys to take Akron at plus 860 and Akron plus the points, Georgia to beat Auburn at home plus the points. I mean, all my reasoning, I, I tell you guys this. In the NFL shows, I tell you guys this. And I'm going to start, like I said, doing more and more live streams. And like now we're doing now we're doing our um our podcast where the interview part we're recording live. We're we're doing those live on Twitch. So you guys can get in the Twitch and you can ask me and have it be Gino talking Lakers, Brandon talking NASCAR, Leo talking UFC or tennis, um, David talking NFL, talking college basketball, talking NBA. Whoever my guest is or myself, you can get in and you can ask us questions and we can tell you in live time why we do something. So I'm just, again, I'm just trying to expand what I'm doing to help you guys. And I'm not getting a dime for this stuff, guys. This is me helping you guys out, trying to get you guys to the level where you can walk away and you can beat the books. At the end of the day, I absolutely love it when people beat the books, but that gets to the point of this rat. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. Because right now, what these sports books are doing is they're just they're hiring what I call content creators. They're not sports betters at all. They're content creators, and they tell you what to bet. So one person, I'm not going to say the person's name. Um, someone did this whole video on it, where they showed you how she was tweeting out UNC moneyline, and then at halftime. She was touting how it already won. And now she works for a sports book. And then after the game lost, Kansas made the biggest comeback in the world in the history of uh, Division One basketball. She all of a sudden has North Carolina plus four and a half. Hmm. And so you got called out on it. And some of her people, some of like uh, her friends blasted the person she got called, like called her out on but there's video evidence. They're saying like she just made a mistake. Come on. You guys know you, we all know we don't make a bet by mistake. Who makes a bet by mistake? I'm doing the Joey thing from friends right now with the quotations. Nobody makes a bet by mistake. That was a bunch of fucking bullshit. And I'm sorry, but if you fall for that bullshit, that is what the sports book is betting on. They get someone up there who's entertaining. Um, and they just kind of lead you and they lead you down the wrong path. And that again, if you guys want winners, you guys want to w- make some bets for free. Hey, old uncle Rico's here. He is here to help you guys make some money, but me and some of my guests, Leo, Leo's got three bets. I got three bets for the UFC card. Uh, I got some. NASCAR bets. Leo's got some NASCAR bets. Those bets are going to be coming later on the show. But before we jump into that, you know, I am a basketball guy. One of the biggest disappointments of the season was the Los Angeles Lakers. And before we get everything going into that, before we go into the betting, we need to talk about the Lakers. So now, obviously, the NBA playoffs starting next week. But the big story... What are those? I mean, I don't know what those are. 
The big yeah. story is the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, being, I don't want to use the term shit show, but I'm going to use the term shit show. Um, and who better than my boy Gino, Lakers number one fan to come on. And this is what I like doing. I like getting people that gamble, but they're also sports fans because they're yeah. able to kind of like separate the fandom Exactly. And be able to like kind of talk about it. I don't want to use yep. the term adult perspective, but I'll yes, use the term because adult perspective. I'm going to root, right? Yes. Once the game starts, I'm always going to be rooting for them. But I can have conversations with you before and after the game about what actually happened and not be such a homer where it's like, get out of here. That really didn't happen. And that happens a lot with the Lakers, right? The Lakers in particular are one of those big fan bases like the Yankees or the Cowboys or the bigger the fan base, the more sort of novice fans or the more kind of bandwagon fans that have where they people just want to root for them and sort of there's not a lot of uh, educated conversation around those yeah. teams as much as other teams now before we dive into it you know i wanted to bring this up because this is how bad it's gotten now, this is probably the tweet of the year that's all folks <laughs> i mean that that tweet literally made me smile and for those that don't know what you know, the Pelicans are referencing when AD was demanding the trade out, he wore a Looney Tunes. That's all folks. And uh, the Pelicans tweeted this out after the Lakers were eliminated. When was it? Saturday or Sunday of last week. Yeah. So uh, I don't know this, that made me chuckle. I thought it was the, the tweet of the, the tweet of the year. Probably. It's, good. it's funny because I under any everybody loves to pile on the Lakers, especially especially a team like the Pelicans who have you know some reasoning with the Anthony Davis yeah. stuff. Um, and so right now, like, just take your shots, you know, because yeah. like they, take them because they're deserved. They're mm -hmm. they're earned. The Lakers earned them. But all I will say is just if you're one of those teams that hasn't won a lot, I would just I'd I'd smile and be happy. But just probably not say too much, you know. That's but, I mean, I think that tweet was justified. Oh, that with, was with, no, no, with AD, yeah. it makes so much because yeah. he did that. Yeah. So for them to be the team to say, "Hey, look, we're the one that kind of puts you away this year," yeah. that was that was great. And I mean, it's not if we would have had this conversation. If you would have said, you know, Back to the Future, we get in the time machine and we go yeah. to the end of the season, or we go back to when we had our conversation before. Yeah. Neither one of us thought this team was going to win the title this year, but oh, I don't think anybody would have said they were going to be the 11th seed. Yeah. Anyone, even the people that hate the Lakers the most, even the people that didn't like Westbrook and don't like the fit, which was us. We didn't like this fit at all, but I don't think anyone would have said they're going to be 11th and have this type of record. Um, exactly. Exactly. Everyone thought that they were going to, you know, be in the mix at least for a, probably five six somewhere four or five exactly yeah, right in the middle in that and somewhere. it's funny like i'm looking everyone does these winners and losers from from the trade and yeah. i google the winners and losers from ad ad laker pelican trade first winner lebron james okay loser boston celtics i think the celtics are in a pretty good spot now it's always fun like going back and look at these yeah. winner and loser things winner Anthony Davis. Loser. Now, this is an interesting one. Lonzo Ball. I mean, I think he's in a good position right now. Yeah. He signed that hefty contract. And, like, 
he is the actually – Now, the only thing with, like, this conversation, it comes down to how important is that one title to you? Yeah. Because if that one title means everything, then those guys probably – they probably think about it as they got shipped away instead of getting a chance to win a title. Mm-hmm. So, like, for – and that's a great point. Like, right now, for the Celtics, they're in a – they feel like they're in a great spot, but – you know, it's funny because if they lose in the first round, then again, we think about it. It's like, wow, yeah. they had a great year, but what did they get out of it? Yeah. And it just, I guess like my point to this is because it, it shows it like how. In in yeah. six months, right? Because yeah. if we have this conversation every time six months later, it totally flips because you're absolutely right. Those teams and those players individually are all in better shape moving forward yeah. than the Lakers right now where they are. But between now and then, the Lakers have a title. So yeah. it's it's like, where do you, you know, where, where do you write? How much, how important is that? Now, we can we can go in the past, but we can we can look what their issues are. And I think they lost three key coaches, and that's the issue this year. Um, they lost Kidd, who's obviously in um, Dallas doing a great job defensively. He was responsible for a lot of their defensive schemes. They lost Lionel Hollins, who has a great track record as a head coach. Um, and I guess there was like some some communication stuff that rubbed him the wrong way when Kid left, and that's why he backed out. But the sneaky one is St. Jean. He was their developmental coach and one of their lead scouts. And I think that's the one, as shocking as it may sound, is hurting them the most. Now. See, what I think the the problem with the staff and the roster, now, I don't mind and those those guys that you left that you mentioned that left, that all hurts. Yeah. And I don't think Frank Vogel did a great job this year. It's sort of weird. Frank is like he's like a teacher. Um yeah. that's sort of how I look at it. And Frank is kind of stubborn in that he wants to teach you the right way to do things. He really wants to play the long game. And you can tell, like, he wants to establish these habits. He wants to make sure you do this defensively. If you don't, he's going to bet you. You know, like, he's going to pull you out and put in one of his guys that does. And the problem that they had this year in particular, um, besides missing those guys, is that Frank didn't fit with this roster in particular. He's a solely defense, like, a mainly defensive guy. Offensively, he's had to learn offensive schemes and stuff. But he is a really fantastic defensive coach. What he did three uh, three years ago and two years ago with the Lakers, incredible with the groups of players that they had in his first two years here. This year, he kept trying to make this team into something that they weren't. And at some point, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and look at the team that you have and say, okay, we can't do my system anymore, right? This is like an old school versus new school. A new school coach, you coach, you can't teach one kid the same way anymore. Every yeah. kid's going to learn differently, right? Or a lot of them will. That some you can be formed with and yell at. Others, you can't really do that. You got to take them under the wing and talk to them. Others, they really want to know their role. Before you could sort of be, hey, this is how I am. I'm the coach. This is my way or the highway. It's not that he's a, an ass or anything. It's that he just got stubborn 
And he didn't do a very good job adjusting to the, the players that he had and the roster that he has. That's where guys like Ty Lu mm-hmm. are really good, right? Whoever they throw out there, they make it work the best they can. That's where I was a little bit disappointed with Frank this year. He can make you a better defensive player, but he didn't make this team. They would never have been a great team, but Frank definitely could have made them win more games this year. And because their staff wasn't strong enough, and maybe it was not having a guy like Kid there to talk to him, someone that he respected and trusted. Because yeah. Frank Vogel said the other day, Jason Kidd should win the coach of the year. Yeah. He, yeah. He thinks so, you know. And I think like your comment is kind of it. Like you got to have that guy you trust on your staff when you're effing up and not seeing stuff that can come to you and be like, Hey, we got to do more of this. We got to do this. We got to do this. This is not working. Yeah. The guys don't, the guys aren't responding well to that. Mm -hmm. You know, we got to go here. And so it's, it's hard because I think I, I like Frank and, you know, as a fan, when these guys bring you a title, you have great feelings for them, right? Like Frank Vogel came here and he made a bunch of guys that weren't all that great defenders before buy in Anthony Davis and LeBron bought in Kuzma became a great defender. You know, we saw Alex Caruso blossom more and you know, like all like really KCP was fantastic, you know, two way player. But th- this was the year where Frank needed to say, okay, I can't, Defense is important, but this team, if we're going to win it all, we're going to have to outscore players, right? We're going to need Carmelo and Monk and some of these guys to light it up. Let's make sure that we highlight their strengths. And he didn't do that. He put people and players in spots not to succeed, but a lot of times they were in spots to fail. It's like, what are those three guys doing on the court together? They don't make sense, you know? And All good coaches and whatever level – they always put their players in a position to succeed. Yep. Even if it's something that takes them out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Like for me right now, I have a certain way I coach, a certain way I like to do stuff. I have a kid who has a potential to be good. So I have to change stuff to make stuff comfortable for them. And it's really exactly. hard for me to do. Yeah. Because I'm not a grumpy old man, but I'm pretty set in my ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but you know, if you really want to get through to that kid and what's best for your team and for everyone around and for their development, it's to make sure that you don't, you don't get them in a bad mental space, right? Yeah. You don't want them to be in a spot where they're like, ah, screw it. I don't, I'm done with this, you know? And so, you know, the big room, so we'll start with Palenka and then we'll go back sure. with Frank. It's minus 170 in most sports books that he's out. And that's kind of like the parameter I use to kind of see if there's going to be yeah. a switch because those guys, especially the offshore books, are in the know. So, A, do you think he's leaving? Okay. And if he does leave, the big rumor is um, Omar Wilkes, who's head of basketball operations at Clutch Sports. Tell me, do you think he leaves? If he does, who's going to replace him? I do think he leaves. I think him and Vogel will both be gone. And to be honest, I like Rob a lot. I actually think Rob's funny because Rob has gone, his narrative in the public has shifted wildly over a few years. He was like Kobe's guy and everybody thought he was sharp. But then you'd hear him talk and he'd say some goofy stuff. 
It's like, man, this guy's goofy. But then you'd hear some stories about him and like his work ethic. And it was like, this guy's really sharp. Then there'd be stories that were released that were like, Rob doesn't even know basic stuff about the salary cap, which I found hilarious. It's like, you're telling me the guy that worked with Kobe doesn't know basic stuff. And then he did some incredible things to make the the salaries work over the last two years. And then coming into this year, even after they won a title, I thought their team, when they made the moves and they, they ended up getting Schroeder instead of Danny Green and they brought in Montrez and their team was actually probably better with Gasol than they were the year before, but they, you know, they had some injuries and they, they were unlucky last year. That was awful. And, and he is the guy that deserves all the blame for that. Like deserves blame, not all the blame, but the, the buck stops with him, right? He's the one that make the final decisions with personnel and stuff like that. And I don't like, I'm not trying to critique someone. If you thought that the Russell Westbrook trade was going to work with the LeBron in the fit, then you know what? You were wrong. And that's fine. I'm wrong about a lot of things, but that felt like a part in where there were the people that are like sort of serious basketball fans and gamblers and like that watch the game that were just like, this isn't going to work. They, they didn't like, we didn't even like debate it. It was yeah, like, oh, that's agree. not going to work. It was <laughs> like, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. It was like, like we said, maybe they'll, they'll be an okay regular season team and, mm. and maybe they'll win around, but they're not like, as soon as they play a good team in the playoffs, that team's going to have no spacing. Yeah. They're not going to be able to shoot. Like, it's just not going to make sense. Their three best players are all below average shooters. It, it makes zero sense, you know? And, and I'll a lot never of the novice, like, an, of someone who's like either a, a less hardcore fan was like LeBron, Anthony, and Russell Westbrook, and you're gonna put Carmelo Anthony and Dwight yeah. Howard. It was like, oh my gosh! And so there was a real battle between, you know, people that were like, they're gonna be the greatest team ever, and a lot of us people as a like, fan or others yeah. were like, what? They're not even. They're gonna be maybe bad. They're gonna be right. Yeah. Um, and there's this, I'll never forget. There, I got this text message from my buddy. How are the Lakers going to win when they're starting someone that couldn't even get in the Pistons rotation, meaning Wayne Ellington? I mean, because he was a starter at the, you like, he was, he was going to be a, a big guy for you guys. And last year he was struggling when the Pistons were 100% healthy. Um, the rumor is Omar Wilkes, the head of back at basketball operations at Clutch Sports, that's LeBron is rumored to come in. I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I, I think it kind of, kind of gives LeBron a little bit too much say in what's going on. What do you think? I don't love the move. I got to like, now here's the thing. I don't know how that is any different than probably what goes on right now. Anyways, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much more say LeBron would have than yeah. he does right now. Right. I don't like, I don't know how many decisions he's not consulted on. I'm sure we know that the reason why Westbrook is here is yeah. because of LeBron. We know that the players that are here, a lot of them are because of LeBron and he signed off on them. So I, it depends on underneath him. Right. Because for a lot of the things that the Lakers get laughed at, 
this year they they deserve to be laughed at but you know they we've talked about it too they're sort of they're like a mom and pop organization right genie mm-hmm. bus is it's been a family yeah thing it's been passed down and so the lakers don't always win on the margin sometimes right they overpaid kobe at, was that a smart thing to do well no kobe but didn't have a very mom much. thing to do you're staying loyal to your guy but but that brought probably brought you lebron right or yeah. like we said that being in LA and looking and being like, wow, I'm in LA and that team treated Kobe really well, you know? So that sort of does that. But one thing they do do well, I will give them on as far as like the numbers and the analytical stuff, they hit on the margins with their late first and early second round picks. If you sort of look at their recent history with a lot of those guys, I mean, you go back to Kuzma end of the first round Caruso, you go back to Jordan Clarkson was another one. You go back to THT, you know, as another one, you know. So those are all NBA rotation players. Um, mm-hmm. Even guys like this year, it's funny. The guys who were the best plus minus players on them for the Lakers at the end of the year or their best on off numbers were Austin Reeves. Yeah. Stanley Johnson. Wenyon Gabriel. Okay. They were guys that weren't even on the roster when they put this roster together. Yeah. So they know they actually do have a decent scouting mm-hmm. and when they when they don't have a lot of money and they have to work with late first or second round picks, they do a good job there. But Eric, this poor team, they had five players this year that were on contracts that were not minimum contracts. Five. Yeah. And one of those five players did not play one game, Kendrick Nunn. Which is crazy to me. But... Not one game. Yeah. And and the whole year it was like, oh, none will be back in a week or none will be back next game or none will be. Was Kendrick Nunn going to change the fortunes of this franchise? No, but they started the year. Kendrick Nunn was out. Ariza was out. Wayne Ellington was hurt. Malik Monk played one game. So those are four guys that are all like rotation wing ish guys that are not even playing. So now you're like, you know, what are we, who are we playing? Like, who's even going to be out there right now? We have three guys that are making $40 million. And what's the rest of this roster? Literally every other player after THT and none is on a minimum contract. Carmelo, Avery, Bradley, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Kent Bazemore, Malik Monk, Reeves, Stanley Johnson, DJ Augustine, and then Wayne and Gabriel on a two-way. Every one of those guys has a cap figure of $2 million or less. Like, what are you supposed to expect from minimum players? Yeah, there's not, there's not much you can. And like, I'm looking, I mean, let's look at their salary for next year. I mean, I'm looking at this. I Westbrook's got a $47 million player option. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's opting into that. Absolutely. You got James at 44 and a half mil. You got AD at 38 mil. You know, I mean, when you have that big of stuff and you have no draft picks this this draft, you have absolutely no draft picks. You still have T8, you have Horton for 10.3, Nunn for 5.3, Reeves 1.6, Johnson 2.4, and Gabriel 1.6. I mean, I I know we've talked about this back and forth. But it kind of – the window for LeBron's closing. 
Yep. You know, I say three years, you say two years. Yep. Okay. So, you know, I've been going, you need some, like for them to win a title. Now this is just me spitballing here. You need to get James to buy in. Hey, you're playing 30 minutes a game. Yep. You're playing 30 a game. That's it. And I mean, he's 39. What, what do you average? 30 points this year. You're 39 yeah. and you're averaging 30 points. And, what's, and you know what? He got a lot of shit from people throughout the year who, at towards the end. They're like, LeBron's just trying to win the scoring title. He could have played in these last couple games and won it, but yeah. he didn't. It was just smart. Yeah. If he would have gone out there and hurt himself, that would have been really stupid. So at least for all the LeBron haters right there, they can say that he didn't push himself to win the scoring title this year. One less thing to complain about. So my thing is this, is you're going to have to do something to kind of get some guys on this roster, yep. but also like have somebody to kind of like take a little bit of um, burden off LeBron. That's why when I'm thinking about it, Westbrook likes to have the ball in his hands. If you get it to a scenario, instead of having Westbrook stand in the corner and say, LeBron, we need you to play 28, 30 a game. Russ, you're coming back. You know, we're going to lean on you more. You're going to be playing in the high forties during the regular season, but come playoff time, we need you to kind of take a back seat and then try to trade a D. Do you think that works or do you think they're better off going down a different road? Uh, from everything I've read, Westbrook just doesn't entertain those ideas. Okay. Like he just doesn't even want, like he won't do that. Okay. He's, like he's stubborn. He just is like, he, he won't at any point not want to be the guy. I do. I do like, but here's my, here's my concern, right? Mm-hmm. Like who, who would you rather have the ball, Russ Westbrook or LeBron? Yeah. LeBron. I mean, you know, so so that and that and that's the problem when they made the trade for Westbrook to begin with, because right now there's really no time when I'd want Russell to have the ball over LeBron and you don't want him to be in the corner shooting yeah. because he's not a good shooter. He's and a so, rhythmic guy that needs the ball in his hands. And, and the so the, the I know I know what you're getting at is that AD is at least worth more than Westbrook. Yeah, you know, so you can. You absolutely right because you got to be able to fill this roster out. You're you gonna have to, to attach. You you're probably gonna have to attach Tht to Westbrook just to get rid of him, like as an asset. You know what I mean? Okay. Like throw him there to someone else for cheap. That's unfortunately where the Lakers are in trouble right now. Is they're gonna kind of have to get a little bit lucky because the one thing that they need to do, everybody knows they need to do is they got to get rid of Westbrook and they got to try to get as much back as they can for a guy who's going to make $47 million this year. And, and if you can get three guys that make 15 million around that are like nice rotation pieces, that's the template for the Lakers. Like that's exactly, you have LeBron, you have AD, you have another ball handling guard, someone who can, can also handle the ball, but someone who can at least shoot. You know, someone who, if they're off the ball, when LeBron has it, they're not going to kill you if they stand out of the three point line, you know, they don't even need to be an all-star level person. They just yeah. need to be like, honestly, the guy, like I'm literally thinking of someone at the Schroeder level, okay. right? Like do some of the things that Schroeder yeah. did maybe be a little bit better shooter, but for all the crap that he gets, he actually had a pretty good, good, he was a good piece to have most of the year up until he was in and out because of the COVID stuff a couple times. And he was, physically not there 
but he like he carried them when LeBron and AD were hurt for a while. So yeah. it'll come down to it again, right? Because I don't, I am one who goes to defend AD quite a bit because I look at his, you know, we've had conversations about this a lot. I look at his game logs. I look at the years, how he's gotten hurt, games that he's played. And for me, I can like, I can talk myself into it. It all makes sense. I'm like, oh yeah, that year he missed like 10 games, 12 games. That year they shut him down a little bit early. And then he came to the Lakers. He missed, I think, eight games. And they were just not even injury, you know, just sitting one out on a back-to-back or, you know, missing missing a couple at the end of the year. He played the whole playoffs. They won a title. Mm. And then I thought he was great. And since then, we've had a quick turnaround. And so for me, I'm like, damn it, if the season wouldn't have started so quick, maybe his body doesn't break down. And maybe I'm wrong in thinking that, but maybe I'm not. Well, you don't, but that's one of those things where you like, you just don't know. You don't you know, know what right? I mean? Like, you don't know. Body broke we, down. You don't know if this is something that's been lingering or like you've pointed out a couple of times, he had that huge growth spurt. Right. Um, when he from was his like a junior in, to a senior year in yeah. high school, I think he yeah. went from like 6'2 to 6'9 or something like that. Right. Yeah. So we, we don't know about that. And I just, I don't think he's soft. That's my whole thing is I don't think he's going, yeah, I can't do it. I can't go out there. I actually think it's the opposite. Like I saw him this week, this week when he came back, this dude shouldn't have been playing. Mm-hmm. This dude was out there limping. He was dragging his foot up and down. And I was like, please lose. So I don't have to watch this guy try the next few games and, and really hurt himself. I think that it, some guys, like we said, are a little unlucky. Think about the really great players that had crazy injuries or just had bad luck. I think he's been a little unlucky and, I don't think it's a soft thing. I don't think he's, you know, he's, you know, a wimp or a wuss, or I don't think he doesn't want to win or he doesn't care. And what I love about where the Lakers are right now, the one thing I love about where they are is they came into this year with a shitty attitude and a mentality because they were doing what I'm doing, Eric, and what a lot of the fans are doing. They were saying, we could have beat Phoenix last year if AD didn't yeah. get hurt. And like, maybe that's true. And maybe it's not. The Lakers were up two games to one in the series. It was halftime of game, what, four. And it was like a two-point game. And AD got hurt right before the half. Did, mm-hmm. Does that mean automatically if he's healthy, the Lakers would have won that series? No. But they were in decent shape there. But But because they were in that mentality, they came into this year thinking that they were the same team with a different group. They Wouldn't. kept thinking they could flip the switch at any moment. I um, There's a podcast that I listen to that's an awesome Lakers podcast. That's that's really cool. And um, it's Laker Film Room. And, and one of the guys, Darius, he has these great like analogies and stuff. And he said, the Lakers are like, you know, when you were a kid and you read those like choose your own adventure books and you go and it's like, you go, in door one and then it's a whole different adventure that you're on you know and then you you're like all of a sudden you're driving down the street you're in a car and then you go right and now all of a sudden like you because you went right you're at this different place well the lakers kept thinking they kept going down these different doors they kept thinking they were going to end back up where they wanted to it's like no you go in a door and now you're on a different journey right like this this guy gets hurt you bring in these two guys you can't play defense. Now you're way down here. 
Like, you can't just magically get back to the point where you're going to flip the switch and be a title contender again. This team didn't put in the work at all, all year. They disrespected basketball, you know? You got to earn it. You got to sweat and bleed. And that's what I – the reason why the Lakers won the title a few years ago, that team, they showed up together in Vegas months before the season started. Everybody came together. LeBron was super motivated. He had come off a year where they missed the playoffs that year. And so it was the first time he'd missed the playoffs in what, like 10 years. He'd been to the finals every year for like eight straight. I think we're going to see at least a motivated, hungry team at the beginning of this year. When they come back with eight, I'm hoping it's AD, LeBron, and whomever, they're not going to come in thinking, well, we could have won it last year. Dude, you guys weren't close. Yeah. You, You had no shot. So let's play GM real quick. Um, and before, like, let's piggyback. Um, I have a sleeper pick who I think is going to be – I think he would be great for the job. I think getting him to L.A. is going to be tricky because he's very comfortable where he is right now. He interviewed for the Pistons job, but then he backed out and the Pistons gave it to Weaver. I think – and he has a great relationship with LeBron – He's played with LeBron. He's been in the NBA front office since he retired. I think a great guy to come in and to lead you guys and build a roster would be Shane Battier. Yeah. I mean, he's working right now in the Miami front office. He won a title with LeBron. He comes from a good organization in Miami. I think that's a guy where, no, don't get me wrong. He's got a great life down there, comfortable with his job. His wife works down there. But I think he could be tempted yep. to go there with the right I money. That would he's, be... he's absolutely a perfect. He checks so many of the boxes of the things that I want. Right? Yeah. He himself is like a defensive first guy, but he's been already working under one of the smartest like organizations. Yeah. Right? They're so good there. They have a good culture from the top down with Riley. So he's been a winner his Plus, whole life. He and LeBron are tight. Yeah, and he knows him. Yeah, he's good, and he's not. But he's like young enough to where he understands that this NBA can't be just a defense, right? You have to have a good defense, but you got to be able to score, and you have to be creative offensively. You can't just be like throw it down into the post or here's our best player, let it work. You got to get got. You got to run schemes to get your shooters. Good open looks. You have to, you're, you're like the Lakers this year. There's so many times where it's like, did they run any set? Yeah, it did look like it was just was thick. It, you have to have some play? sort of movement side to side, some sort of action. And then if they did, it was like, oh, well, Westbrook just said F that, or LeBron yeah. like, like shrugged it off and then just went their own, you know? So, so they let, need someone like that. And let's, so let's say Shane gets the job. Okay. We're going to pull up the whole trade machine here. Boom. So, obviously, you got to move this $44 million. The one that – did you hear – are you here in Charlotte? That was the yeah, one that we that was the up? one I heard. We talked about L.A., not New York, on your podcast. So, let's go yeah. Charlotte here. So, let's pull up Charlotte. We're going to say – and you said you'd we'd have to throw in Horton too, right? I think – I mean, I, if you're going to sweeten it, because who's just going to take him on? Yeah. At least you say here we give you another really nice contract for a young like a young guy with some upside. So all right, let's let's throw in Horton here. Now 
<sighs> who on this roster do you think they can get back? I mean, I, I, I think they would give up Hayward. You think they would give up Hayward? And, but see, like, he's a guy that, and, and what's funny is, like, he actually would be a great fit if he was healthy. Mm-hmm. Because he's the, t- like, the he has the skill sets of things that would fit really well next to LeBron. Yeah. He can handle the ball, but he doesn't have to handle the ball all the time. He would be fine off. He could play a little bit of defense. He could shoot a little bit too. The only problem with him, like he just, the guy's not healthy. And I don't even know if they would like, I mean, he's a much better asset than Russell Westbrook is. I think. Yeah. I wouldn't, I'll be honest. Like, He is such the leader of that team. I know their splits when he's not there. I don't think they'd give them up. I mean, no, and um, I don't. I would. I would. Let me say, if I were them, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, give him up. I mean, I'm looking at this. See, like Rozier, at least makes the money, makes enough money to throw in there. So, and here's the here's the thing, and I've said this a couple of times, and I've got absolutely sandblasted. The Celtics effed up. I know when they got rid of Rogier for Kemba. Well, for um, first it was Kyrie. First it was Kyrie. Yeah, if I, I believe if they would have kept Rogier and you're rolling out Rogier, yep, Brown and Tatum now, that's the team. Rogier wouldn't have gotten the big money that he got there at Boston, right? It was like he would have stayed there at Boston for less money. I he is a. I like he, him a lot. Me too. He's a gamer, right? I would not be scared of him in a playoff series. He'll make big shots. You put him. I like that fit. I do actually. My thing is this. If you're trading for Westbrook and there's no way I can envision Westbrook, Rogier and ball. So you're getting rid of, and you're not getting rid of ball. So you're getting rid of Rogier. He's in the. We'll put Rogier there, but you know, we still got Jesus. We still got to generate like thirty million more of now, money. To the make one who they would never, but would obviously be the perfect fit for the Lakers would be Bridges. Yeah, would be, but Bridges is a free agent. Yeah, and, and, and so that's it would be like a sign, like a the, sign and trade, yeah. right? They'd sign him and put him in the mix. So, and he's someone who maybe they do that. Maybe they think he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, they say. What I heard is he really wants to play in Detroit so his his mom can watch it. Yeah, that, and and so the, see he, the one that money, makes sense to money me wise, is, he would make sense with what he would be getting paid. Right, he's mm-hmm. gonna probably make thirty million dollars. Yeah, you know the one then, that makes sense to me is Plumley, just because Davis doesn't want to play down. Yeah, see that that package. Let me say, as a Laker fan, if they could trade. Russell Westbrook, even with THT, and get Rogier, Bridges, and Plumley, I would leap out of my seat. That would be. Does that mean they're like a title winner? No, but think about the fit there. Yeah. Think about how much better all of those players fit. You've yeah. got a big that can play, honestly, with with AD and LeBron. If you have to, or if AD's not around, he's fine as a big. You've got Bridges and Rogier, who would be great next to LeBron and AD. Th- those are guys who can shoot, who can you know play some defense. Also, athletic. They get a little bit younger. Like that is the exact. And 
And people are like, what, Rozier and Bridges and Plumley for Westbrook? Oh, my God. That that works. We're- that's better. That's better. You can't be – that Westbrook name right now, you got to put a line through that name, yeah. right? He's not the same guy that he used to be anymore. That's what I – dude, let's, let's get this in the works, man. I'm going to start releasing this, like, trade out there. I'm going to start dropping it on podcasts so it starts getting talked about. Let's get this thing going. So – that's that's a good one, but the thing is, right, this is like, for the Lakers, I'm a fan. Wouldn't that be a great? That'd be a great trade. But I'm like, you know, for a Pistons fan, I want Bridges to come home. You want Bridges for sure, for sure. I know, and I don't, um, and I don't know why. If you're the Hornets, like, why do you do that? Do you want to? What do you like? You want why to put Wes next that's, to Lamelo? I don't know. The like Lamelo can shoot. He can play off guard a little bit. That's fine, but. Isn't he cool? Great with the ball in his hands. He's a fantastic passer. Like I'd want the ball in LaBello's hands more. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like looking at this, that's why the Knicks made sense to me. I mean, if yeah. we just go through, they have Atlanta is young. There's no way they're going to make the trade. No Boston Tatum. And those guys, no way Brooklyn KD. Those guys don't get along. I mean, the, so pull up the Knicks. The, so, the only thing about the Knicks is just if it's if who besides Julius, because unless they're going to get Julius and package him somewhere else, because I just don't think. See, think, if you do this, if you're the if what I would do is I want Evan Fournier. I think he's a great bench player. For you I, I would like Fournier quite a bit. I take Barrett, and I want Barrett. I don't think they tread. They Me neither. I wouldn't do that if I were the Knicks. Why the hell would I? But because because if the money, I don't know if the money would work with anything but Randall. And let me say, I actually personally like, I like Randall more than most people like him right now coming off of the bad year he's had, but Randall doesn't fit with LeBron and AD. It would be just like Westbrook. The three of them would all not be great shooters. Randall is much better when he's got the ball. He's actually pretty good as a playmaker kind of point forward, but you need some shooters around Randall and probably one other like semi playmaking guard. If you know, like, get Randall though, AD is going to have to play the five, and he doesn't want to play the five. That's the issue. And I, it, it's not even that he he'll play the five. I think it just has got to work. Like I like I don't know if Randall's the guy you'd want at the four. Like to me, that's this is the three of them. Is it who who? There's not enough shooting again. You know what about this one? Yeah, I still need I still need ten million somewhere. Yeah, something like this, like. This is this is my suggest. Like you put it, would you do this one as a fan? Westbrook and Horton. You're getting back. You may not in. need to put Horton in here now. Take Horton out. Yeah, see what that looks like. So you got Westbrook. Now in exchange, you're getting Evan Fournier, great player off the bench. Come in, make some threes. He can close out. He doesn't need the ball in the hand. Can stand in the corner, hit a three. You got D Rose. You know, so, but he's another old guy though. That's the thing. Yeah. That'd be the one thing. You got Noel that can play center. He can get up and down the floor, but he's been hurt off and on. And you got Reddish who has that, and I hate using this word as a coach, potential. Yeah, upside. But has never really – he hasn't figured it out. He's not the best worker in the world. I would, or who knows? Maybe you get LeBron in his face, and LeBron's able to get through to him. I Let me say this. I would absolutely do this trade right now. Okay. I would do it as a Laker fan right now. And honestly, if you were the Knicks – why wouldn't like what are you giving up? Really? You're not I mean, giving up that much. Like we said, I, I like Fournier. I do too. Like he's but he's fine. Like there are a lot of Fourniers out there. 
yeah. you can find that guy all over the NBA. And and I think someone like a Cam Reddish, he reminds me of maybe what what we could what we saw from Monk this year. One of the few bright spots from the Lakers this year was Malik Monk. He is a really good fit with this team. He's Malik Monk could be a nice sixth or seventh man for for yeah. some team. Like your second guy off the bench, you know. Um, I think that's a good role for him. Some guys, he, he could come in and win you a playoff game, Malik Monk, you know? Thinking about it, I think it would be more like Liss. I think they keep Rose, and then they'd want to throw Kemba in. I know, and that's what, exactly, and I that's the problem. It's because then you're, now you're in trouble again, because it's like, can you even yeah. play Kemba, you know? But the and only thing is, is you're getting out of $44 million for 8.7. Yeah. That's the only thing, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's a big right. Yeah, that's a so, big difference. So if if it was this or nothing, I would do this. I mean, I want and, and this, this is, would go this is probably what here. the yeah. Lakers are going to be looking at. Yeah, because I mean, this is pro- this is this is like a, this is probably the package. Maybe nobody's I mean, going to give them anything, Eric. Nobody. Why yeah. is anybody going to help LeBron and AD and the Lakers? Who's going to do that? Why would why would you? There's exactly there's no point. I think in terms of packages, this is probably. Probably the best one because I'll be I'll be honest. At the end of the day, I just don't see which the teams are to the there. Hornets working out because like either. and go through the list team by team. Who does it make sense for them? I mean, like if we pull it back on. up and we take the Knicks out, I mean, let's just look at the lay of the NBA. I mean, you know, look at it. Atlanta's got young. Players. No, Boston Detroit's doesn't need him. Indiana. I mean, would Indiana do it? <laughs> like I, I. I don't think you'd want to go to Indiana. I mean, the, it would kind of be funny, though. If Buddy Heald ended up back with the Lakers <laughs> where it was supposed Buddy, to be. Somehow it worked out. Or Buddy, Buddy Heald. That would be back. hilarious. If that happened, that would be so funny. Because this is where all the problems started to begin with, right? It was yeah. supposed to be Buddy coming. And then after that, this all got screwed up. But I I mean, like, I'll be honest. Like, I, if I'm the Pacers, do I want Russell Westbrook? But you know, I will say, like, I like Miles Turner a lot, but I don't, it's again, it's like Miles Turner and Anthony Davis. Like, do you need the, the you don't need those two guys? Yeah. Like, Buddy Heald would be a great fit. Like, we would, we would all agree, Buddy Heald would be a really nice fit next to LeBron and AD. Um, but, but I mean, looking at these salaries, like, if you don't throw in Turner, I mean, you're going to be giving up all, like, Oh yeah, give me Buddy and Halliburton, sure, right? Yeah, you know, I'll you take know, that. <laughs> give me those just, two, and we're good to go. I just don't think it's the Pacers. Why? Yeah, Miami, no way. There. No, no Milwaukee. World. We looked at the Knicks. Orlando's got all their guard. They got three point guards, four of them. Yeah. They don't need to. Toronto's got Van Vliet locked up for a while. Philly, no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um. He and just then, came from Washington. Dallas, they just got Dinwiddie, and, he, and they've got a great fit, everything going on there. Denver's got Jamal Murray. Golden State's got Steph. Houston, they don't really want to win, and they just – didn't Wall just say he's picking up the option next year for $47 yeah. million for uh, for them? So I mean, how funny it would be if it just went as like – Trade him back? Yeah, they just traded him straight up because they – Hey, managed. you know what? Uh, let's just swap this thing. You know, then, uh, let's go right back there. Um, what about Sacramento? I mean, that would be one. I mean, just because, I mean, I doubt Sacramento does it because, I mean, I think Sacramento is kind of interesting because they do have like 
Fox, Barnes. If we could get Fox out of this, oh my God. Like, (laughs) if we got someone that was actually a good player from this, that's just, it's just tough because there's not many teams that are going to take on Russell Westbrook. Why? And, and like we said, it's not even like he's a gracefully aging $45 million, $45 million superstar, right? He's stubborn. Yeah. We've, we've seen him in multiple places go, hey, where are you going to be in a better situation than being right next to LeBron and Anthony Davis? Exactly. Exactly. Like, um, it's just one of those things where it's just, if you don't change, you know, you're just going to struggle. And yeah. he just won't change. Um, now, I think I think they should hire Battier to to oversee everything. I think that would be a great fit. Um, I like that call, man. New if coaches. It's not, like Quinn Snyder is the one that's obviously been been talked a lot about, right? And so if Utah um, has a quick elimination, like I would please no Doc Rivers. Like no, that what? would be so bad. That would be so bad. Like and what no way. It's kind. Of, it, I think it would be kind of funny just because he w- would go from the Celtics to the, the Clippers. Lakers. No, well, well, Celtics to the Clippers, to the to Philly, to the Lakers, right? Yeah. So it's so like and I've never big seen rivals. a shittier coach get more wings out of one title run. No, than I, know. I mean, it's I know. just remarkable what he's able to do. Yeah. That one title has got him all these things. It's just remarkable. And look at how um, good the Clippers have been since Ty Lue without their stars, right? You wonder yeah. if Ty Lue was their head coach that year. They probably don't spit it out. Um, Now, again, something I always like doing. You know, I like looking at these sports books because these sports books, they kind of know their thing. They do. They know. And – the one I love the best is Bet Online. You know, Fizdale, he's a pretty good coach. Him and LeBron got a good relationship. His offensive scheme is is good. He's a very smart mm-hmm. offensive coach. You could see even you could see the differences. There were times where we would hear that, or like Frank was out for a few games and Fizdale was coaching. It was like, oh wow, they're a lot more creative offensively today. Or like their rotations in their lineups looked a, a slightly a different. different. He's a good coach. He's not a bad coach or anything, but he's not, he's fine. It sounds bad saying this. He's fine if you have to settle for him, right? Yeah. But you you don't, you, you, there's probably a few people you at least want to take a swing for other than him. See, now the guy I think they should go for is old Sammy right here. I think this is the guy they need to go for. How this guy is not going to an NBA job, I don't know. I think he wouldn't take any of the crap from LeBron, but more importantly, and we've met, like we've talked about this before. The reason why Monte and Chris Paul work is Chris Paul lets Monte Williams coach. Yep. I don't think LeBron lets Frank Vogel coach. I think he would respect Sam Cassell enough where we would let him coach. And see, I think this year, I agree with what you said. What's funny is that, when Frank came in, the only reason why they won is because LeBron bought in and let Frank instill the defense and everybody was playing their asses off defensively. But I think for, you know, it was like anything when we're humans, we're creatures of habit. When things go wrong for you, 
we sort of revert back to. So it was easy for LeBron to buy in because they were winning. Yeah. Everything Frank was saying was working out. They were all playing defense. Everybody was healthy and things went great. They went all the way. They went on their run. They went all the way through the, the no real hiccups. I mean, there wasn't even like any drama that year. And for the Lakers, like as a Laker fan, every year that we've won, there's been drama. I was like, yeah. what? So I'm when you and I joke about like, oh, that like, I guess with like the 76ers, we talk about our drama. I live in a Lakers world. So drama, I'm like, oh, teams can still win yeah. with the drama, right? Most teams can't. But that year, there was nothing. And then immediately, all of a sudden, I remember Schroeder came in and he was like, oh, I'm starting. I'm not coming off the bench. Yeah. And it was like, who the F are you? Yep. Like, this team just won the title last year. And you you're coming in saying that. And there wasn't any of that the entire year before. Yeah. And you could just tell that since then, it hasn't been quite as sharp. And I agree that after that first year, LeBron hasn't – I don't think he's – he's got to, as a leader, show everybody else – yeah, I'm all in with Frank. And he hasn't set a good enough example, I think, the last year and a half or so. Um, the next guy after Fizdale is Quinn Snyder. You and I agree he'd be pretty he'd be good there. Yeah. Um Doc Rivers, no, you and no, I no, both no. agree. I don't think if I'm Nick Nurse, why would you leave? Why would you leave Toronto? I mean, he'd be great, sure, but why would you leave? You know, it does doesn't make sense. No, no Steve Clifford, no Mike Brown. See, my one thing with Clifford is he's old. He's been around the game. I think he would get respect yeah. from LeBron. And I think he's been around superstars long enough. He'd be able to manage LeBron and control the room. Have you watched any of that Lakers show on HBO, Winning Time? I am through the episode where Jerry West watched the practice. Okay. He so I'm like three deep, I think. Three or forty. He's, he's Jack McKinney, Clifford. You know, he'll come in. Yeah, he's the, the older guy that'll get a lot of respect from everybody. He'll have a good system and stuff. They'll like him. Um, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't be an awful choice. I just, I don't, I don't think they'll make that choice. I don't but think I mean, like if. But my my thing is this: if you have a two three year window, it doesn't matter if they're older. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really matter. No, like, you don't need like yeah. a young. You don't need like a young yeah. guy. That that's why. What you just said, that's why I'm a little bit scared, at least of a, of a name getting mentioned and like throwing around. Coach K? No, no, he won't. No, that's I, what I mean. I don't, I don't think he will, but yeah. I'm surprised we haven't heard more of like a, a push and them going. If this was, like we said, if this was Jerry Bust, Coach K would be coaching this team. Oh, yeah. You know, but Genie isn't that type of person to go like, yeah. show, but, and I don't think he's even someone who would fit, but it's, see, it would be like you're saying, if you go to him and you go, Hey, look, LeBron's got two more years. We want you to come in here for two or three years and have the respect. I, I just don't like, I don't think he's that great of a coach, to be honest. I really don't. Like, I, I think he's a little bit overrated, but I would not be, that's a Lakers. That's the way the Lakers operate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's the way they do business. So I'm actually surprised he's not on this list somewhere. Or is he? Oh, is... He's toward the end. Okay, um, say, right? He's on the bottom. Okay. Mike Brown. You know he's he's got a connection to LeBron. You know yeah. I 
I just don't he think they move the needle for me. He could be an assistant. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could be like a lead assistant. Um, I like Atkins, but I, I think he's better with a younger team I where there's more player I development. So I, I don't really like Scott's. Like Scott's, no. Uh, I don't – if I – this is the thing. Like, all these coaches go to announcing, and then all, there's all these rumors. Hey, he's going to come back. Hey, he's going to come back. I Look at Bill Collar. I know, granted, I know it's a different sport. But you're going from busting your ass, never gig. seeing the family, to just traveling, announcing the game, leaving, going home. And Why they're not we- doing the shows like you and I. They go into the studio. It's pretty cushy for them. They're not working all day long, looking at the metrics, diving into DVOA no. and freaking uh, shot quality. No. You know, they're just life's a lot easier. They get a nice sheet of paper, hand it to them. They read it. They go home. Yep. Fill out that expense form. That's it. He ain't yep. going. Um. Stan Van, same thing. I think I think that would be an awful hire. Um, Stan Van Gundy, I'm not in for that. Uh, Kalapari, right? You have you're the king of the castle at your school. Why would you leave? Yeah. Uh, no. Becky Hammond. I mean, I think it's a shame she hasn't gotten an NBA job yet. Um, but I don't see I don't see her going. It doesn't there. feel like the right. It doesn't fit feel right. Yeah. Right. The fit. She's another one that would be good for a young team. Yeah. You want her to, or you know, you want to put her in a spot where you can ha- you can watch her grow. Now we're in the fun ones. Phil Jackson, yeah, I mean, yeah Mike like, Krzyzewski, player coach, player LeBron. coach LeBron. <laughs> but uh, but no, I'll be honest. Like out of this, if if I had to rate rate them, I'm in people that realistically could get the job on this list. I would put Cassell one. Clifford two, Snyder three. That'd yeah. be my top three. What about you? Yeah, I agree. Fizdale, I really didn't even discuss because he's there. Like, I think they yeah. could get Fizdale and, and he would make plenty of sense. They respect him already. But yeah, I think I personally, I like Snyder. Um, yeah. Battier, who you mentioned, wasn't on that list. He's a really good call too. Cassell's fine. You know, mm-hmm. if LeBron checks off on it, I don't, I'm not as, I would prefer someone that LeBron knows and played with a Battier type versus a retread like Doc or D'Antoni, someone like that they don't need. You know, they need someone who is at least pretty well-rounded. LeBron's going to check off on. And it doesn't matter, like you said, if they're older because the Lakers aren't worrying about 10 years down the line. I mean, I mentioned on your podcast last night, I talked to someone this morning, D'Antoni to the 76ers is basically a done deal. Yeah. So, I mean, Doc is a possibility, but I think that would be a – Trainwreck isn't doing it justice for how bad it will turn out. Yeah, especially if it was Westbrook there. Yeah, I and mean, they didn't move Westbrook. That would just be like, oh my gosh. So, um, and one other thing, uh, I think that's it, dude. I think we touched on everything I want to touch on, dude. You know, awesome. head coaching, uh, GM, uh, free agents. Oh my, free agents. I'm looking at their list right now. Monk, a free agent. Mello, Bradley. They already cut Ariza, uh, Ellington, Howard. Baysmore and DJ Augustine. They just they got they, literally nothing from so many of those guys. And I mean, Baysmore, Baysmore thought was gonna be good. I thought Baysmore was a good little he couldn't even get on the court with that bad team. I don't know if he did something wrong or like he wasn't great, but it was weird that he just wasn't out there a yeah. lot more often. Um just I mean the be- only guys that I would like to see back as a Laker fan would be Austin Reeves and Malik Monk. Reeves is still under contract. Yeah. He's not, he, I yeah. think he's got 
I think he's got one more left. Yeah, because uh, they signed Reeves as a Reeves was an, a non drafty. He was invitee, yeah. and then they signed yeah, him. He's and got, he's got one more left. So Reeves is a like basically Monk. Basically, Monk's the only Monk. player you want back. Yeah, and and the thing is, those two guys are supposed to be like your seventh and eighth best players, mm-hmm. not the guys that are playing thirty five minutes and are basically your third and fourth best players. That's what they were most nights. Those those were players that were le- being leaned on so heavily. And it was just – it was never going to work. It was never going to fit. And they got to they gotta hope that they can take the $47 million from Russ and instead of that player, get Flip three players that can contribute. Yeah, flip it into four. So that's why, like, that trade we put up with – what was it? Uh Fournier, Fournier, Walker. I mean, realistically, it'd be Walker, Walker. Um, um you got a reddish and, and Merlin's Noel. Yeah, you that, get a big. You get a wing. That's like a little bit of a project. You get a wing guard. That's a now Fournier can play now for you, right? Yeah. He's a starter in the NBA right now. And then you've got the upside with reddish. You've got the salary fill in with Kemba, and maybe there's. But I mean, like now, granted, Kemba hasn't been the same. Maybe like why I would think that would work is you would just kind of have to stagger. Okay, Walker, you know you're not you're not suiting up. Boom, boom, boom. LeBron, you're not suiting up. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. Now, I think that would work. Um, Obviously, even in the games too, right? The way that you go, hey, uh, Kemba. The minute LeBron comes out, you handle the ball. You're you know, in. for ten minutes, LeBron's out. We're gonna taper his minutes down a little bit more. LeBron comes back in. You're in the corner for a little bit. Is Kemba a fantastic shooter? No, but is Kemba at least more competent than Russell Westbrook? As far yeah. as like, and the thing with Kemba is, he's at least you think he's a better shooter than Westbrook, right? Which is part of what what it is in the NBA because. The defenders are like, oh, Westbrook's out there. Yeah, I'm good. They don't even go out. They don't even step out there. You just, you just need someone who can like fake it enough to stretch them out. You just yeah. And I mean, yeah. I mean, looking at Walker right now, Walker is a career 36 percent shooter from three point land, and Westbrook is a career 30? 30 percent. Yeah. So I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of an upgrade, not not as much as you would think, but a little bit of an upgrade. Um, but yeah, that's what they're gonna have to do. And let's face it, like when the Lakers are kind of like the Cowboys, like when they're good, it just kind of makes the NBA better because you yeah. have that team. Now, granted, I know you're my boy. You know, it's your team, but you have that team that you like to hate. Everybody wants to play against yeah. them. Yeah, you have that team that's good that you like to hate. The big so evil why- villain. Yeah, that's why it's good when those teams like like the Yankees. Everyone hates the Yankees. It's good when the Yankees are good. Yeah. So that way you can just kind of hate on them. Yeah. Um. So Gino, dude, thanks for coming on, talking a little on, man. basketball. I think, uh, I think we just made a plan. I think we should be getting a phone call pretty soon. You know, you and I will be hired, and uh, yeah, we'll be- I know we'll some of the the front office is watching right now. So uh, please we'll just. This- as long you don't have to pay us, just give us the courtesy, right? Just let everybody know you heard about this on the Eric Twitch stream. Um, so why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Because um, 
Yeah, because you got okay, we got Kentucky Derby. We got the Santa Anita Derby this weekend, correct? Yep, yep. this weekend, Santa Anita Derby, Wood Memorial, Keeneland at the Bluegrass. Uh, we had the Masters that just started, opening day of baseball. The Dodgers get ready to go. I'm rocking my Dodgy shirt. They got a game in about an hour or so from right now. Um, yeah, we got, what, the last couple of games of basketball. You and I will be doing a lot of basketball previews over at Better Than Vegas on our BTV bet streams. Best way to follow everything for me is on Twitter. It's me, Gino B. I post all my content there. I'll have a, another live stream coming up tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern time, and we're going to go over all the big Saturday races too. So uh, there's a lot going on this Yeah, weekend. definitely check that out because, Jesus, I mean, you got, you hit on the, yeah, the bluegrass, the yep. wood. And the, the Sandy Anita Derby all the so, week this weekend, all those big races underneath too. So, Gino, thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll anytime, bro. Sunday. Sunday, right? Sunday NBA? Yep. Yep, Sunday NBA. Talk then, bud. So now we're at the part of our podcast where we talk about UFC 273 and who else? The BTV Greek, a.k.a. Leo. He's going to come in. He's going to tell you who he's been. I got three bets. He's got three bets. How you doing today, my man? I'm living the dream, baby. How you doing? You know what? What's the day today? April 8th? Yeah. It's snowing in Chicago. No way. Is it really? <laughs> we have snow up where I am. Believe it, oh. how I have no idea, but we have effing snow. So I mean that it's one of those days where I'm kind of like, why the f do I live here? Yeah, that's bad. Like I could get through snow up until like March Madness. Like that's usually my cutoff. But once we start talking about later on, it's like, no, no, sorry, dude, I'm good. Because you're in um, you're in Boston area, no? Yeah, yeah, right in the Boston area. So I won't talk shit how Tatum was soft and didn't play last night and how my Bucks ran away. I won't, I won't say anything. I won't say no, anything. No, no, no. Now you already said it. Listen, the fact that Jason Tatum is not getting MVP conversations is asinine. The man is a goddamn superstar. He's going to lead us to the promised land. You say anything that just – no, no. You stop it right now. You okay. wish you had Jason Tatum on your team. All right. Well, uh, you know what? I – I may have to invite you out this way if the Bucks play, and we'll we'll go up to a game, my man. We'll go. I up mean, to a buck. here's my thing. You know, I can't go against Gianni. Gianni's one of us. Gianni's yeah. one of he's one of my people. I can't go against Gianni. Yeah. So I <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um. So this is an interesting card. You know, I got I got three thing three three plays I like. Um, two of the three are women's matches somehow Ooh. for me. Um, I don't know how, but uh, that's how it came out for me. Um, what is your first bet today? All right, man, I got a few bets. I really focused in on the later fights because I'm actually super excited for this card. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is the one that's getting all the hype. You got Gilbert Burns against Chemayev. This dude Chemayev's a freaking killer, dude. I'm so fired up for this. I was going back and forth. I think he's going to win this fight inside the distance, but I actually got fancy on it. And my general rule for sports betting is don't get fancy. If you have a winner, just take the winner. UFC is the one sport that I like to get a little fancy with. Um, so I was playing around. Do I want to go with him by decision? Uh, not by decision, but knockout. Do I want him to go by submission? What I landed on is I think he's going to take care of business here in the second round. You can find that at around plus 300. I think Gilbert Burns is strong enough to get through the first round. I think people are um, – that line is slightly deflate or inflated, I should yeah. say, because the Chennai train is – Everybody's excited to see this dude. Everybody thinks he's going to finish up in round one. If Gilbert Burns can get out of that first round, you're a heavy favorite to finish that in round two. 
Yep. And to get that around plus 300-ish, I found it plus 297. So I like to round up because I like the number three better. Uh, but I think finishing him in round two is actually a pretty solid bet here. Okay. Um, my first play, I'm going to the undercard. I have Rodriguez by decision plus 170. Um, I love backing fighters making their UFC debuts. And I really feel the difference in this fight is Rodriguez's boxing is just night and day above Hanson's. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like both of these women are good wrestlers. They on the ground game. I think it kind of neglates it, but at the end of the day, Hanson, I question her defense ability. I question her footwork. You have two evenly matched women wrestlers. I'll go to the one with the better, yeah. better stand up. I don't think Rodriguez has the, the power though, to knock her out. I found decision at plus 170, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that, you know, just because like first fight, a little nervous, you know, we'll, we'll find the range and she's never lost. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really solid bet. And again, I love the plus money aspect of it here. Cause like these fights, I'm going to talk about it in my last couple fights too. Like you have a really strong feeling as to who's going to win, but then if you can really just kind of pick it apart and figure out how they're going to win or what round they're going to win, you're looking at a big time payday. So I really like how you, you got a little fancy and got that plus 170. And I mean, I think like your statement hit in the head. There's so many, like by submission, TKO, inside yeah. the distance, you know, what round. UFC is one of the f- sports where if you can really, like like you said, like hone in on what's going to happen, there's a huge opportunity to make money. And when you're playing these plus odds, I mean, your ROI point drops. And I mean, if you're hitting 45%, you're constantly playing 150s, you're, you're making good bank at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, what is your second play? Well, to kind of carry off our point here, uh, I'm looking at the main event. I'm looking at Volkanovski here. Volkanovski is a minus 800 favorite. He's a massive favorite in this fight. I'm not laying minus 800. Who the hell's laying minus 800, okay? If I do, I'm going to put way too much money on it. I'm going to be sweating it out, and I'm not going to sleep till Sunday, which is not good. Uh, So what I'm going to do, he's actually favored to win this fight by decision. I understand why, but I'm actually taking him to win this one by knockout. I know that he hasn't won by knockout in a little bit. His last four fights have gone to decision, but three of his last four fights were against Max Holloway and Aldo. Uh, Jung is a step down in competition from those guys. Those guys are absolute machines. Uh, Jung has, he's more of a ground guy, really. I don't think he has the chin. This is also going to be a longer fight. This is going to be a five round fight. I'm looking at Volkanovsky here to knock him out at plus 220. I think there's a lot of value in that play. See, the Korean zombie has a special place because in UFC, the new UFC game, he's always my go to fighter. So, <laughs> but I Yo, think- also, that may be the best nickname in the sport, the Korean zombie. <laughs> um but i agree with you i mean i'd love to see the korean zombie win i like him but i just don't think he has the tools and i totally agree with your handicap of the fight and everything that's going to happen there next one i went with madison by decision at plus 230 mindset here is this madison he's a silver medalist in greco greco roman wrestling you look at the last time that victor fought a wrestler it was against Gillespie. Gillespie was able to get a submission win. Uh, Madison's submission game, because he is, I think this is his fourth UFC fight. He's still making the transition from Greco-Roman to UFC. His submission game isn't there. I think it's going to be one of those old school, like, was that guy? John Finch, where he just got the guy to the ground, laid on him, wrestled yeah. the way to a victory. I think that's what Madison's going to do. I think it's going to be a painful watch, but a good watch if we are able to ca- cash that plus 230. 
Yeah, dude, I love those kind of fights because those fights are extremely boring for most. But for the degenerates, you love them because you're like, you know what? I'm content. This one's very likely not to get finished. All I have to do is pick the winner, take them by decision. And you're looking again. We just talked about it. It just increases your payday. It gives you a better chance, bigger paydays. Uh, I love the play. Uh, your third play on the day. Where are we going? Dude, I'm, I'm fired up for this one because this is probably my favorite one. It's plus money. It's one of my favorite fighters. I love Petr Jan. He's an absolute machine. Uh, he got disqualified last time these two fought. I'm taking Petr Jan by decision at plus 125. I see a massive amount of value here because Sterling, three of his last four have gone to decision. He's not a guy that will really finish the fight early. Uh, and then half of Jan's wins are by decision. Like, he's not known for knocking people out. He's going to tag you. He's a very technical fighter. He's comfortable standing up, and he's going to, you know, keep his strikes in. He's very good, um, very accurate with the swings. I don't think he's going to knock him out. I think that his opponent's going to have a point to prove after the way that he won the belt last time. Uh, I like Sterling as a fighter. I don't think he's going to go down easily. I don't think Petr Jan knocks him out, though. I think this is going to be by decision, and Petr Jan gets the belt. I agree, but also, like, just because I love drama, I'd love there to be another DQ. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, another, like, <laughs> like suspect, you know, like, eye poke, something like that, just because I am a drama-filled guy. You're a drama queen. I, I am a drama queen. I am a drama queen. <laughs> I mean, I have the I have the rare distinction I can say in my life during the same weekend I was called an asshole by you ready for this? I was called an asshole in the same weekend by Janet Jackson and Beyonce. Few people in America can say that. Few people wait, wait, wait. Say. So your face? Yeah. So you you were hanging out with Janet Jackson, Beyonce. They both called you an asshole. Yeah. No, no, no. Different days, though. Different days. They both call you an asshole. Yeah. I um, is this going to be something you elaborate while we're on screen, or should I wait Whoa. till we go okay. off and start really asking? So, you know, Be you know, Destiny's Child was yes. where Beyonce started, mm -hmm. and she was um, in the in the song. It's White Clough. Their first song, No, 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 Yes, Yes, Yes. Mm -hmm. So this is way back in the day when they first came out. And um, I saw her at a mall. They were performing. Me being me. I went up. And I was like, hey, you're the girl in the White Cliff video. She looks me dead square in the eyes and goes, no, asshole. He's in my video. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> then... Later that night, me and my buddy Naresh were staying. Oh God, I forget what hotel we're staying at. And um, do you remember the R&B singer Genuine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kid you not, we're we're going in, and we almost get plowed over by a car. Okay, in the car is Genuine. Okay, Genuine gets out and. He's bumping same old G. It's rare. I thought it was weird that you have an artist bumping his own song, same old G. He gets out of the car. And I'll tell you what about Genuine. Night, one of the nicest celebrities I've met. I've, I don't know. I'm one of those dudes. I meet a lot of celebrities in my life. I don't know how because I live a pretty, pretty boring life. <laughs> but he's Do one. Do not of undersell it. Hold on. Hold on. Because you've told me enough stories in like 
Yeah. You do not live a boring life. You have not led a boring life. Like, I can't wait to read your memoirs one day. <laughs> My memoirs are going to be like, well, um, so he invited us to this party. Okay. So he's like, I'm going to invite you to this party. So we go in, we go to this party and, um, you know, me, we, me and Arash, we give our names and this guy, the doorman, like looks at us, looks down at the list, looks back at us again. And he's like, you guys are like on the VVVIP room. I'm like, oh shit. So we get escorted to like some little back area. We go in and I mean, dude, you want to talk about the who's who of like early 2000 rap is in that building, is in this after party. So, I mean, like, dude, I met like everybody, like Timberland, Magoo, um, oh my God, Missy Elliott, and Jermaine Dupri was there. It was his party. And um, Genuine introduced us, us to Jermaine Dupri. Janet Jackson was there. Okay. And I, she goes, hi, I'm Janet. And I go, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. And she said, no, asshole. So that's why I got called Janet Jackson, called an asshole by Janet Jackson and Beyonce in the same weekend. I mean, that, that's my story. So a few people can say that. So That's, that's fucking brilliant, dude. If dude. I was to handicap why Beyonce called you an asshole, it would have had to do with her booty. Like, I would have assumed, like, you went and touched it, your greatest date. Nah. Something, you know, you were staring at it too long. Something along those lines. But, like, that's that's a hell of a story, dude. Hey, buddy. You know, there's I, – I like I said, I don't know how this stuff – you know, and, you know, I'll get to my last play. One of these days, I'll have to tell you how I was doing Jaeger Bombs with Nick Nolte at LAX. But that will wait to another day. Um, That'll wait till the next podcast. I'm on. Next podcast, we'll jump into Nick Nolte and uh, me getting hammered at the LAX airport. Uh, my last play of the day. I got Torres, just even money, just even money. Um, I'm looking at this. Derns, she's going to want to get this fight to the ground. Yeah. Um, last fight, she was one of eight in her takedowns. In her career for her takedowns, she's only 10%. Torres, 58% st- stopping takedowns. At the end of the day, I just don't think Derns is going to be able to get her to the mat. And it's another situation where I got Torres, who's a better stand-up fighter, good takedown defense. She's going to be able to fight the way she wants to. And Torres has never finished anybody. you know. So I think she's going to do enough. She's going to box her way to a win. But the reason I didn't take the decision was the decision prop was only plus, what was it? I think it was like plus one, 100. This, no, sorry, plus 140. This yeah. is even money. That 40% juice in case she's able to catch Derns, who I think is a little bit of a soft chin. With something, that's why I stayed the way. I'm still getting the even money at plus 100. So I, I locked in Torres. I love that handicap. And that is the exact reason why I kept toying back and forth with Rosenstruck, too, because that dude's won 11 of his 12 fights by KO. You look at it, he's minus 160 on the money line right now. To win by KO, he's minus 110. He's probably my fourth pick. He gets the honorable mention because now I get okay. to talk about him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to win it by knockout. But just in case this other dude, the dude that he's fighting, can actually, like, stay in the fight with him, then you don't want to get too fancy. You hope he wins the decision. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes – and this is the thing about it because, like, it pity, piggybacks what we're saying. You don't want to get, like, too fancy and try to outthink the room. Some, You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to – that was my biggest flaw when I started with the UFC stuff. I would get, like, too delicate – too fancy, try to do yeah. fight of the night and everything. And then I just went down, hey, decision in the distance, that stuff like that. 
Man, you know what? The UFC is one of those sports where, like, I can watch just about every fight and it doesn't really bore me. Like, I get kind of not just as excited, but you still get fairly excited, even for, like, a UFC fight night where it's, like, not the main guys coming up. We still get excited to watch it, man, because you're still probably going to see somebody get knocked out. Yeah, I mean, and it's usually, like, the two the, it's usually like the fight cards that are less involved i don't want to say less involved but you know what i mean like less promoted yeah the ones like are on espn plus like on a college football those are the fight cards that usually live up to the most do the best they're most exciting yeah definitely dude uh leo i'd like to thank you for coming on talking a little ufc telling everyone your plays why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media Right here. Nice and simple, baby. Head on over. Better than Vegas. I'm always repping the gear. Didn't get the pink degenerate shirt washed in time today. Uh, but go check us out. Betterthanvegas.com. We got all the stuff over there. We got free contests every week. $250. Just had a massive giveaway where anybody that signed up with BetUS with our link, we gave away a free $50 to yesterday, which was mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, when you uh, think, all you need to do is just there. sign up. I mean, just think about that. All you need to do is just sign up on a link and you got a free 50 bucks. I mean, you know, yeah. you guys make it so easily, so easy for people to make money. And you, like a lot of great handicappers there. You put out daily stuff. You're killing tennis. So, guys, make sure you give Leo a follow. Uh, we'll definitely have you on for the next UFC card. My girl, Thug Rose, 274, right around the corner, dude. 274, right? My girl, Thug. So, uh, Leo, best of luck this weekend. And we will talk soon, my friend. Thanks, buddy. So it's that time of the podcast. We are looking. He is looking to make it two in a row. He came in hot last week. Called a shot. Hamlin, 12 to 1. Brandon, how you doing today, my man? Doing good. Hoping to piggyback off of last week. It was a very, very fun race to watch. The way Hamlin came back, too, was he was running 11th with like 28 to go and just drove through the field. So that was uh, that was fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. My Truex was right there. I really thought, you know, yep, Truex was going to get it done. But I'll tell you what, we hit our head-to-head. Suarez beat Almarello. So if you guys turned in last week, it was a nice little week. It was a good um, Brandon and I always record Friday afternoon, uh, you know, about 20 to half an hour before 6 or so. And uh, because of the race schedule, qualifying is actually going on right now. Yes. So all the books have kind of put down the odds. So we're not going to be able to kind of go about the odds and everything, but we will be able to tell you some guys that we like for sure. Um, but before we jump into that, Brandon was telling me a funny story off air. And there's certain things in life that you just laugh at. And I was a dick when he, when he told me the story, I started laughing. So Brandon, you got to tell, you, you got to tell everyone the story, dude. It was just a normal iRacing night last night. Just wanted to jump in the truck and run a couple of Martinsville races and uh, get into a race with Kyle Larson. I qualified 13th. He qualified 19th. So I was sitting there with my big head like, yeah, I'll qualified Larson. About halfway through the race, I was running eighth. He was running ninth. And uh, I think he got frustrated that I wouldn't give him the bottom. And he flat out turned me. So he actually hit me under caution right before that, like gave me a little bump. So you could tell that he wanted that line and I wasn't going to give it up. And the man wrecked me. <laughs> Dude, I shouldn't be laughing, but that's effing hilarious. No, so what I'm hoping for is tomorrow night he gets turned by somebody so I can go on Twitter and say what happens in virtual happens in reality. So let me ask you this. Like, 
help me understand this. So when you guys are racing and I racing, can you like talk back and forth or not? You can. And uh, that's something Larson got suspended for two years yeah. ago. Um, but you can click a button and talk. I did say thanks, Kyle, and no response. But it's funny when you get into these races, some of the kids that see the name because to register for iRacing, you have to use your legal name. So if Kyle Larson's name is on there, it's Kyle Larson. And uh, you see the paint scheme is normally their sponsor they have in real life. And uh, everybody is on there, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. He's not queuing up to talk to anybody. Dale Jr. has wrecked me before and actually completely apologized. It was like, oh, my bad. And I, being a fan, I was like, no, no, you're good. You're good. I got wrecked by Dale Earnhardt. So <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. But yeah, that's actually kind of a cool story. Um, so the first person I'm going to go to, and I looked at his odds yesterday, he's about seven to one and more shots. I'm going to your boy, Chase Elliott. Now, the reason I like Chase is in the 21 race, he led 289 laps. Looking at last week at Richmond, he had the most laps ran inside the top five, which, you know, Richmond historically isn't his best track. So I think he's starting to figure out these new cars. And then when you just look at him here, he's since 2019, he's run six races, one win, four top fives. But the thing that sticks out to me is he's led 19.2% of his laps. So I really like him here. I think people are looking way too much at Truex because yeah. he does have the three wins here. And, um, you know, look at Larson, your boy, just uh, went to the top of the qualifying stuff. So I think we're going to be able to get a little value on Elliott here. Maybe we can even get up to a 10 to 1 or so. That'd be nice. And people have to remember, too, the year he won the championship two years ago, he was leading the race. It was one of those he had to win to get into the final four. And he went to the back and then came back through. So it historically, it's been a good track for him. When he's in the 24 car, he was good here. He was winning a couple races. Hamlin dumped him in one race on the last lap. Um, this track is historical that if you are leading the race and a guy can get to your bumper – the guy in second place is probably going to win because he's going to turn you for this win. It's a short track. It's called the paperclip for a reason. I'm on board with Elliott as well. I usually don't like betting my favorite driver. But to your point, he was in the top five for a while last week. And on his radio, something weird happened to where after a pit stop, he makes the comment, I don't know what's happened to the car. And the spotter or the crew chief, I couldn't determine which one it was, said, I know exactly what happened. And he goes, did tire pressure change that much? Or did changing the air pressure in the tire change the car that much? And he said, no. And the, uh, Elliot said, well, what is it? And he goes, I can't tell you right now. I'll have to tell you later. So whatever they changed in the car did, they did not want to come over the radio at all to explain what the change was. Elliot was asked about an interview, acted like it, that conversation never even happened. So to your point, I think they are figuring it out. And there's certain ways to dial these cars in. And I'll be interested to see what he does in qualifying. I hope he qualifies eighth or ninth just to give more value. Because mm -hmm. if you know this, if he goes to the top of the charts, we're going to get him at five, five and a and, half, seven to and one. Then at that point, there's no, there's nothing. But at seven to one, I'll get invested in him. We're going to pull up these odds right now via CBS He's right at the seven to one. This is what they were when they closed. 
Um, Truex Jr., I mean, we talked about it before. I'm not paying anyone at four, four and a half to one no. to win it. Uh, Hamlin, you know, eh. I mean, did he win the race last week? Yeah. But you and I never like bad, backing somebody after they win a race. No, unless it's Larson. Yeah. Last year. So, you know, we're just, just kind of looking at these guys right here. Uh, is there anyone that kind of sniffs you? Because I did, I saw Byron at about 11 to one at a, at a book earlier in the day. Um, you know, he took a gamble last week. Yeah. He stayed out there. The gamble didn't pay off. Um, too bad it didn't, but he really was in a position to win. And the thing that stuck out to me, he's, he's just been a consistent car. Yeah. Since it's been such a consistent car, that's who I'm looking to back. So I, I, I like Byron here. If I, if he opens up and it's anything North of 10 to one, I'm going to be invested. I'm with you on that solely because he ran the truck race last night and dominated it. So he got a lot of laps in last night. Um, I don't know if his odds will stay there, but Harvick just went to the top of the board in his group, group A qualifying over Larson. If he opens up around 25 to one after what I'm seeing qualifying, I'd touch on that. If he drops down anything below 20, I wouldn't. But um, 25 to one or higher, I wouldn't mind touching Harvick. We're just going to see what the books say. Um, I like Kurt Busch at 50 to one. I think this is his style of a track to where he, he loves rubbing and putting bumpers to people. So I, I do like Kurt. You know, that's my boy. You, you know, I love me a little Kurt, a little, a, a little Kurt. And the thing is with Kurt, I mean, you're looking at him six, six races since 2019, one top five, um, you know, four top tens. Best finished fifth. You know, he's finished every single race. Um, he has led 23 laps. So, you know, that's someone too. I mean, we're getting this price. What was he at down here? 50. I mean, 50 to one. I mean, that's definitely doable. I like that. Um, you have to scroll down just a little bit more. Keep going right there. I doubt the odds will still be there, guys, but Austin Sindrick was sitting at 75 to 1. The man's already won a race, and he's shown speed almost every week. If he opens up anywhere from 30 to 1 or higher, mm -hmm. I'm absolutely grabbing Sindrick. You're going at him? Yes. 30 to 1 or higher, absolutely. you got the car, he's got the talent, and he's already won a race, and he's fast. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. – I don't want to start throwing a bunch of names out to where you guys have a bunch of people to drop. And then we come on Sunday or Saturday night and say, Oh, we picked nine drivers and one of them won, but even Suarez sitting at six, 65 to one. Yeah. That's, that's tempting. I mean, like I know for me, I have three drivers that as soon as the head to heads come out, I'm going to be looking to fade. Uh, you know, the first driver we got Ricky Stenhouse. He's got six races here. Never with a top 10. No. Best finish 15th. Um, next driver, Austin Dillon. 
I mean, six races here, three top tw- was it three what, three top twenty finishes, best finish eleventh. One did not finish, um, and then Almirillo. I mean, again, six races, three top twenty. You know, two times didn't finish the race. I mean, those are just kind of three guys that I'm going to look to fade. Um, and we have to remember there's so many ways to bet NASCAR. A lot of us, we kind of get caught up. I want to hit the home run. I want, I want, I want to win it. You know, I, I want to get, you know, the Hamlin 12 to one, but guys, I got paid. Brandon got paid for Suarez Omar Amarillo. You know, we just, it, the getting paid is getting paid. So if you guys see a head to head that sticks out, I mean, definitely bounce on that. Cause those are three guys. If those guys are in heads to heads against someone hypothetically, let's say like um, uh, uh, Busher, if they're in a head to head with Busher, I'm going to take Busher in all those head to heads. Yeah. Someone like that. Um, someone interesting this week, <sighs> Chase Briscoe. Historically, you know, he's only ran twice here. You know, yet to finish inside the top 20, one finish of 22, one finish of 27. Anything here with Chase? I, I Not this week. Not this week. Wow. What about, um, what about, um, Bubba? I know, <laughs> I mean, just looking at Bubba, you know, six races, four top, you know, four times in the top 20, you know. I'll, I'll be honest. If I get a Bubba against Dylan prop, prop oh, I'm going to take Bubba. 100%. Head-to-head, I'm good with Bubba. I'm still not there to pick him for the win. He's shown speed, but at these short, short, short tracks, it's never been a thing for him. The super speedways, he's in all the time. Um, yeah. The mile and a half are hit or miss. They've been hit for him this year. They've been good. But um, short track racing for Bubba, I can't lean on him. Like, I'm sitting here looking at qualifying, and in Group B – you got Cole Custer top of the charts right now at 175 to one. Now, granted, he's not going to be 175 to one when this is over. And there's still still group B to finish. And then the top five, I think, in each group to, to do their thing. But see Cole Custer sitting P1 right now in group two. It, it makes me wonder. It really but does. I'm looking at Custer right now. Four races since 2019, two top 20, two top, you know, two, what we got? Two top 20s. Yeah, two top 20s, best finish 13th, worst finish 29th. Um, You know, so it's not like he, you know what I mean? It's not like he's a world beater at this track. No. Um, I will tell you, I'm not going to steer away, guys. I'm, I'm pounding it every single week. Harrison Burton, 250 to 1. He will get a win this year. He will absolutely find victory lane sometime, and that's going to pay for your entire season. Now, what about, you know, you mentioned Suarez. I'm looking at his historical data right now. Six races, one. One top 10, one top 20 that he finished 10th once. Uh, one did not finish, worst finished 32. You know what I mean? Like, historically, this isn't the track he produces at. No, but historically, he's been in bad equipment with no funding. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. That's true. So when you look at historical data, I can't do that with Suarez. But Only because he's never he's never had backing. But I guess so when you look at this, you have someone now that does have backing, does have equipment, you know, with Pitbull and Floyd Mayweather. But so he's his performance is naturally going to increase. But still, he hasn't done well at the track. No. Does that, you know what I mean? Like how much, I guess my question is, how much will you bump him up on your rankings? It's going to depend on how he qualifies. Okay. Here's the thing. At Martinsville, if you qualify 30th, number one, we saw in the clash in the short, short, short stadium track, it's like bumper cars for NASCAR. There's nowhere to go. So unless you pull some crazy off-the-wall strategy, you're not going from 30th to 1st. So I would definitely look at qualifying before you guys place these bets because if you have somebody like a Suarez, a Cindric, um, even a Kurt Busch go to the back, like Almendinger, he got disqualified for qualifying. So he's starting dead last and has to do a pass-through penalty. This track's so short, he's going to at least be one, if not two laps down by the time he gets back out of pit road. Now you're two laps down at Martinsville trying to come from the back. I don't see you getting those two laps back. Now, on the flip side, we talked about um, a, a driver going from bad equipment to good equipment. What about a driver going from good equipment to bad equipment? And being unfocused because he's a race owner and Brad Kozlowski. <laughs> Six races here, one win, you know, five top fives, five top tens, five top 20s. You know, he's led 454 laps of the drivers that are racing. Okay. Truex, the most laps, 754. Chase Elliott, 575. The next one is Brad with 454. Okay. Yeah. You know, and one Brad- did not finish, you know, lowest finished 33rd. I mean, we're looking at this right here. Where where, where is old Bradley? Brad- oh. Where is old Bradley? I mean, 30 to 1 for Brad Kozlowski, man. Come on, dude. That's That's got to be some value there. Now, I got a feeling – that those odds aren't going to be there at the qualifying because he's third fastest in group B. And if you combine group A and B right now, he's third, third or fourth fastest overall. So I don't know if those odds are still going to be there come the time qualifying's over. So what, what, what's your, what's your buy point then for Brad? What's your point you you buy? Like, are you looking for a 20 to one or higher? Or if he gets down to 15 to one, is that still a buy? 20 to 25 or higher. So you, anything lower than that is just a pure pass. Yeah, I'm not touching. Okay. All right. Now, um, what? What, what about Harvard? Yeah, no, Harvick, based off of qualifying, I liked it. So if Harvick, if Harvick is sitting 25 or higher, then I'll absolutely grab, grab Harvick. 
Um, Bowman, one win. No. Would Bowman be a good guy to to fade in head to heads? I don't want to say no because he's been so consistent so far this year. I don't. I don't. Not picking him to win. He won last year. He moved Denny Hamlin on the last lap. So he's got a win here within the last year, but um, I don't know if I can fade him because he's been consistently good. I'm not betting on him to win the race. What about Reddick? Four, four races, one top 10, best finish, eighth, lowest 24th. I'm not fading him either. What about your your mom's favorite racer, Christopher Bell? No. Four absolutely. races, one top 10, three top 20s, has led nine laps, best finished seventh, lowest finished 28th. Absolutely not fading him solely because he almost won last week, and he's starting to show speed. And when he was in the lead towards the end last week, I thought about you, and I'm like, we, we touch that guy almost every week, and I'm like, if he pulls this shit off the week we don't touch him, yeah. my mom's going to be happy, but I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Um, LaJoy. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. I'll say this. This is going to sound crazy. Do we just fade LaJoy, man? I mean, I'm looking at him right here. Six races. Average finish of 25. Uh, best finish 18th, worst finish 37th. One did not finish. I because, mean, because weird. of the joy, I wish we could get Vegas to come out with a bet that says most likely to crash. Most oh. likely not. Mo- most likely the first, the first driver to crash. Dude, I'll yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I will fade LaJoy. I, I will if LaJoy's if I get a LaJoy and it could be against I don't even know what what's a like it can be against almost anybody at this point except yeah. like uh BJ McLeod or or somebody like that but what about a Cody Ware oh no I, that's no I will tell you this <laughs> <laughs> no so yes LaJoy <laughs> is horrible but I'm not taking Ware over over him so no <laughs> not happening that's kind of funny. Um, all right. Well, you know, Brandon and I will tweet out, Instagram out our picks, but, uh, you know, that's kind of where our head is. You know, I'm like an Elliot, Byron. I'm looking to fade Stenhouse, Almarillo, and Dylan and some head-to-heads. Um, you know, Brad K is definitely on my radar. How about you again, Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to do Chase for sure. Me and you are both locked in on him. I do like Kurt Busch and – uh I like Austin Sendrick. All right, Brandon. Um, Keeping the Harrison Burton going every. Yeah, yeah, we gotta keep we get yes. we gotta keep that Burton train going, man. Yes. So, um, Brandon, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram, Twitter, and your iRacing stuff coming up? Boston Boy eighty three Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitch for iRacing. And uh, hoping to get back on in the next night or two and not get dumped by Kyle Larson again. I think I'll be a happy camper. Dude, that, that, you know what? Earlier in the podcast, you know, I, I told some stories, but 
I feel that your story trumped my stories. It absolutely did. I don't even know what your stories were, but whatever they were, they definitely got trumped by that story. So, I uh, man. Um, Thanks, guys. Are, wait, real quick. Are they racing next week? Ooh. I mean, it is. I found oh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Easter weekend. Bristol on dirt. Okay. Dang. I will be I will be in New York, but uh Ooh. usually I go to that race, but I I'll be in New York, so I will not be at, okay. at the... well hopefully, you know, holiday weekend we'll figure something out where we can come on oh. and uh we'll yes. talk a little bit. But uh safe travels to NYC and uh let's make some money. That's it for today's podcast, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Great show today. I'd like to thank my guest Gino coming in. We broke down what's going on with the Lakers, what happened this year, what can they do moving forward, um, who I think would be the perfect GM coach. We talk about the coaching, and we talk about a trade that we like for both of them. So, you know, it was a great talk. Over an hour of Laker talk, which is great. But Gino, I'd like to thank my boy Leo for coming on, telling who he locked in for um, UFC 273. Great card. Really looking forward to it. I got three bets. He got three bets. We're going to cash those. And also my boy Brandon coming on and telling you what NASCAR bets to lock in. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Like, subscribe. Like I said, you know, we're going to, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to be going live on Twitch when I do an interview. And, you know, then it will be live on YouTube. So you can see this beautiful moneymaker face, or you can just listen to it on iTunes or Spotify. Like, subscribe, leave a review. Thanks for the support, guys. Uh, yeah, I'll be back next week. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money.